0: I want to see him.
1: Your wish is my command, but be careful what you wish for. Hello everyone and welcome to the Who Review. I'm Michael.
0: I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. Chelsea.
1: Wow. And tonight we're going to be going into um, the episode Father's Day. But before we get to that, I wanted to make two quick announcements um, with, with news. Because we haven't actually done news for a while. So. in so you...
2: News! There you go. <laughs>
0: we
1: actually used to have a, new, a little news uh, piece of music that we put on. It
0: sounds like too much work.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably. At any rate, so um, first bit of news is um, we have to uh, say our fond farewell to Terrence Dix, who was, of course, the script editor and author of many Doctor Who episodes. He primarily was a script editor during the John Pertwee era um, and worked very closely with Barry Letts. Um, he was, he was the one that was able to probably write about 86 novels based on the TV series. So a lot of the kids that were growing up in the eighties and nineties got to read probably a book by Terrence Dicks. Um, he was, he was also a very good soul. He was such a good person. So a lot of what came in Dr. Who, including, I believe some of the most uh, important things like Gallifrey and Time Lords, he actually wrote that stuff. Um, he was also the author of The Five Doctors, the the 20th anniversary special that uh, starred Peter Davison and, and multiple other doctors as well. Um, in other news, we have to, I think it's very pertinent to say that Christopher Eccleston came out recently very um, boldly and very um, bravely to let everyone know that he suffered from depression while he was... Uh, doing Doctor Who, and he was also anorexic while doing Doctor Who. Um, Because of those two things, um, that is probably what led to um, a big decision to leave Doctor
0: Who. And if you remember in our last uh, episode, we actually pointed out, or the one before, pointed out being surprised at how skinny and not buff he was. And he's a lot more buff and a lot less skinny now than he was then
1: because he's uh, been able to at least treat his ailments. But that, but he's going to be anorexic for the rest of his life, um, unfortunately. And depression is something that people deal with uh, for the rest of their life too. So my heart goes out to Christopher Eccleston, and I think um, this kind of cements the idea that his leaving was definitely his choice, and I don't think we should give him too much flack for it. Yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, like I'd always had a really sour taste in my mouth about him, you know, leaving in such an ordinary, like ordinary and abrupt way, but now it makes a lot more sense.
1: Well, at first I was a little bit uh, upset that he left and it kind of made me think, well, I guess he's just not interested in Dr. Who, but it, But after thinking about it for a while, I was wondering, well, he must have had good reasons. And then he did come out with a few announcements after the fact that he didn't get along as well with the production staff members, and he was having issues with the direction that his doctor was going in, including his own performance. And I think this kind of cements, this this announcement that he came out with cements where he was in, while he was the doctor. Very
2: humanizing moment for him. I think it's a good, you know, another good reason and a reminder to never skip nine.
1: Exactly. And he was such a strong performer. I, I, I really didn't have a problem with his performance as the doctor. I just was more upset that he decided to leave so quickly. Yeah. Although then we might not have had David Tennant and Matt Smith afterwards, so...
0: Yeah, good time, point.
1: Time, time heals all wounds, and maybe Christopher
0: Eccleston will be willing to come back
1: for the 60th anniversary special.
0: Speaking of wounds and time, let's uh, delve into this episode. Yes, Father's Day.
1: Yeah,
0: speaking of
1: depressing... <laughs> that too. <laughs> But um, but I think it was important for us to know that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think Father's Day is an episode where, of course, Rose <laughs> asks the doctor to go back and see her father. Um, or explains that her father do- has died when she was much and, and
0: died alone. Died
1: alone. And she feels really bad for him. And she didn't really get to know him. She wanted to go be there for him. Yeah. she just I have
3: didn't... to say, this is, like, the first time where I felt like, Like, yeah, this is a realistic use of what people would actually want to use, like, time travel for. Like, yeah, it's cool to go see different time periods that you thought were cool, but when it comes down to it, there are probably plenty of events in any person's life where you would want to go back and redo, or you'd want to go back and stop something from happening, or, like, see something happen.
0: And Rose did all of those things in this episode. Yeah, it's very,
3: like, humanizing, the whole process of this time traveling and i like that it's like finally the companions are actually like doing something for themselves instead of just following along with whatever the doctor decides
0: although in this one clearly she probably should have followed along with the doctor but yeah he doesn't
3: explain and he never does and here's an example of when like maybe it's a good thing to educate your companions about some of the rules instead of just like flying by the seat of your pants all the time well i
2: guess Kelsey's point, though, about how, you know, it's um, very, like, it's a a big moment for her. She's going back and having this, because oftentimes we see Doctor Who where it's the literal end of the world, where it's going back to a historical event and kind of a big deal. But this, you know, is just an everyday occurrence. It's just like some autumn day where there's a wedding, and it's also the day that her father happened to die. But, you know, there's a whole big story that was created out of it with a lot of deep meaning to Rose and her history. Where, you know, in world events, world history, you might not think it's much of anything until one person survives. Yeah. I was
1: kind of surprised that the doctor actually allowed her to go and be there a second time, though. Yeah. That was a little bit off.
2: Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. I even, I think I leaned over to show, I was like, isn't that a problem with crossing timelines? I mean, in one doctor, they can't even go back to New York City in the same Time period, but here you know you can walk right by, uh, up behind yourselves. And well, so- I
0: think
3: it kind of shows also like the relationship that's developed between the doctor and Rose, and the amount of trust that's there. Because wasn't it last episode where they dropped off the other dude for yeah. making one mistake, and and here he's like giving her the the key to the TARDIS, and is like, "Where do you want to go? Like, I'm going to trust you, and let's do this, and I'm going to let you have a redo because I trust you so much."
0: Yeah. The doctor plays favorites. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You, You know what else I thought was really interesting about this is, is it really kind of brought home the way that, uh, we just in society treat the dead because, you know, Jackie, all she talked about was all of the good things about, you know, Pete and how great he was and what an astounding, clever man. But when he was alive, all she did was criticize him and tell him what a failure he was and how awful. And that's what she said to everyone. And then, you know, as soon as he died, it all of a sudden was none of the bad things and all of the good. Yeah, I think like Pete's own admission, though, he was kind of a screw up, you know? No, no, I, I, I know. But I'm just saying more uh, it's I'm more saying about Jackie's reaction to his death was to just remember the good things, which people do. Of course, and I'm not trying to fight you on that. I just
2: think it's it's kind of funny how you see him, like, a, admitting, you know, hey, I'm all about get-rich-quick get, rich, get rich quick schemes. I may not always be super faithful. You can't super rely on me either. But at the end of the day in this episode, you really could rely on him. He was willing to sacrifice his life to, you know, better his family. You know, Jackie and Rose. And Rose. And, and Rose. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think I think that's very
1: important that you bring up Rose in that, in that, and this is coming from someone who is a parent, um, I think Jackie was adamant that she did not expose the negative parts of her time with uh, Rose's father. She wanted Rose to grow up thinking, okay, I had a decent dad. He, was, I mean, she didn't overdo it. I think she just was... Was letting her know what, what she knew that was positive in, in that
0: relationship. Right.
1: Which, of course, when we see them together, it seems like nothing.
0: Except for at the very end when he says goodbye to her and you can really see the love between them.
1: Yes, exactly. Because when you know you're not going to have that person in your life anymore, it's...
0: Different. Yeah. <laughs> Also, my goodness, the reaction of Jackie when she heard Pete say, well, I'm your dad. She said, Do you name them all, Rose? 12? <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, then that's a totally reasonable reaction. But I got to say, I mean, Pete and Jackie both just really kind of rolled with the punches on the whole time travel thing in this one. It kind of was reminiscent of the Brigadier who just heard, oh, yeah, I've got this giant machine that we can pile everyone into and get out of here. And he's like, Okay. Well, once <laughs>
2: giant demon creatures descend on the skies from your friend's wedding, I think you can kind of open up your mind to different possibilities.
1: I At least who I would. They were called Reapers, I believe. Yeah. And the Reapers... I, one thing I have a problem with the Reapers on is that never in the history of Doctor Who... And never in the future of Doctor Who have the Reapers ever shown up.
0: Yes, that's my big big problem with it as well. Because, like, if you're going to establish this as a thing, then it needs consistently be a thing. But there were times before and after this where somebody changes something in their own timeline and bad things happen, but it's not this. They, well, try-, I, they
2: try to squeak in that, you know, with the Time Lord's general presence, they're the ones keeping these things at bay and keeping some order. But I
3: also-, also think it was, like... It's almost like a children's story, like, if you do one bad thing, the monsters will come and get you, and so it's kind of like, like, why wouldn't the doctor give any type of warning about it, even though it almost would be, have been funnier if he had, like, more kept saying, if you do it, then the monsters will get you, and then people just think he's, like, like a parent saying, like, oh, if you don't brush your teeth, the monsters are gonna eat you. <laughs> Like and then it actually happens. Like that
1: could have been a time funny.
2: This it's real.
3: Yeah, I know It could have been a funny thing.
1: An- another criticism of the reapers, though, is that if they go and eat other people, they're actually going to change history even more than they did than was was already changed. So why right. does it make sense? To me. Well, I don't know. See, that wasn't established they didn't know if they were going to eat everyone in that vicinity or if it was going to be everyone well it was going to at
0: least be in the rest of the world because they said something about hearing reports of it happening elsewhere in the world that's true but and and the doctor said something about end of the world which makes me think that it was in some way isolated to earth which doesn't quite make sense if it's time that's damaged
1: exactly but i mean if if you're eating up the earth or even if you just eat up a Few people. You're still changing time completely. Especially
0: for poor Mickey.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who showed up in this episode and uh, when you least expect it. Yeah, so, that was a nice th-
2: throw over to Mickey. But yeah, that, that's, that's, you know, I, I think all time travel stuff needs to deal with paradoxes. But to throw in kind of uh, demon creatures that are the, I, I don't know, the immune system of all of time and space to come after it when they seem to be. Doing more damage to the timeline than the initial event, that gets a little hokey. That's it, although it's, I, I like the concept, very interesting. You know, I like to think about the creatures that are literally seeing red and, and going after others, but doesn't doesn't piece together a lot of great sense.
1: The yeah. design was cool, but the the initial the the, 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 the premise
0: yeah the potholes
1: abound in this one
0: i mean like the the general core of it the emotional value of you know this family of the dealing with the death of pete making the sacrifice all of that stuff it's really good i even actually liked the whole concept of the car like being stuck in a loop trying to recreate the event that didn't happen but i mean even that doesn't happening and the other point it doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the series.
2: No, it almost seems like that would be sufficient without the creatures. Yeah. But if anything, that's going to get it more in, in line and order than...
3: Reaper attack! <laughs> yeah, like if the car just keeps crashing into whatever building he's in or something and hitting other people, I don't know. Okay.
4: Jace, do you have any thoughts on this? I would have thought it was interesting if the car just casually just followed him around versus just like continue running an endless like loop just going <laughs> around the block. Like, yeah. imagine that a Doctor like Who Soccer a... car. Yeah, a soccer <laughs> car. I feel like that would be like kind of cool, but. Yeah, yeah I, I
2: think it would be a lot less fruitful to the timeline too. I mean, cars are pretty much normal place, driving around every day. Because I mean, be the goal was people. to
4: like have him die, so like, might as well just make the car do you just follow him around. He's already just hopelessly just. There, anyway.
0: Yeah, or even if it was like, in general, like the universe just kept throwing, you know, accidents at him. Like <laughs> a chandelier fell right next Final to him, and he had to jump out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 yeah, like that type of thing. Like, like things try to correct it rather than having an actual. I don't know what Demon you're referencing. King. Final Destination is basically a oh, fin- Oh, Final Destination. Okay. Oh, I, I thought you said Finalist Nation.
1: <laughs> we both Final. thought of it at the same time. Just,
3: yeah. That's not well, the whole point of what was it, like Time Machine, where the guy... Builds a time machine to go save his girlfriend, and then she dies anyway, but in a different way. Yeah,
0: because, you know, he wouldn't have created the time die. machine to go back to save her, and therefore he can't yeah. change that event. Yeah, I so think that's we a time can machine. all think yeah, yeah.
2: of many more, you know, streamlined, straightforward ways to deal with paradoxes than the author chose to with this story. <laughs>
1: Well also Rose couldn't touch herself. That was one of the premises of this. Well ritual. she
2: can. Well just creatures will phase
0: through walls at that point. Well hang on, <laughs> that, that part yeah. actually is consistent because the doctor has warned people about touching themselves before. In fact, the brigadier <laughs> touched himself <laughs> once and caught, Another caused a bedtime
1: story the
3: experience. Yeah, but you it seems to yourself? me that
0: the, the
2: big <laughs> touch <Those laughs> <paradox laughs> <happen> and the <laughs> baby will eat you.
1: Oh no, where is this podcast going?
2: <laughs> well, it's true. Like, you know, like, it seems like actually that all the doctors warning about touching yourself really just has to do with uh, creatures being able to phase through walls, <laughs> you know, that we never actually see. No, seen. we've
0: actually seen what happens before when someone touches themselves and there's no creatures. There was no consequence
2: here, you know. <laughs> that was the only consequence in this yeah. story. Yeah.
1: Although they don't bring this up in a future episode, but we can get to that one. Well, that happens a lot, yeah. I
3: feel like. Like, a lot of these episodes are just... Things happen, and then the next week it's like it never happened, and nobody well, ever mentions anything. Well,
1: well yeah, Chris, th- there's a there's an episode called "The Christmas Story" where uh, the main the main character or adversary actually does end up touching himself. You mean "Christmas Carol"? Yeah. Oh, did, what did I say? "Christmas Story." Oh, I okay. think the Christmas Carol touching yes.
0: themselves on a family show.
1: <laughs> hug, hug, hug.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, Amy.
1: Yes. Yes, that's true.
4: That was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> But to be fair, the universe was collapsing, so it just didn't care at the moment. Yeah, it's like you can have this yeah. for. It's, like, it's, no. it's
2: all timey wimey stuff. The time lords can understand, and our simple human brains can't. And Although that's why now I'm like,
3: you. maybe there's a lot we could understand, and they just don't want to explain it because it's stupid. Like, <laughs> it's like oh, I don't want to tell you the real reason that you can't like do anything in time because it's just these weird demon creatures appear and like it's really late. It's kind
1: of
2: embarrassing to go into. <laughs> yeah. Like, you wouldn't believe
3: me. You wouldn't
1: <laughs> yeah. (laughs) alright it's time to rate so Colin what do you think
2: so I enjoyed this you know I I thought there was some emotional connection you know I felt myself on the verge of tears you know there was some heart strung uh, heartfelt kind of action here between uh, Rose and her father Um, The death and rebirth and death again so on and so forth but I do like the creatures I like the concept I again like that you know it's, it's kind of an epic moment in her personal time, like, even though, you know, in history's world, it's just an av- another kind of average day. Um, but yeah, good emotional power here. I found the creatures interesting, even though they didn't make a whole lot of sense. It did seem like a great story and a great moment, you know, for plot development, character development, so on and so forth. For me, this is going to get an 8 out of 10. I thought this was solid. Not the best, I can't go higher, but you know, it's it's worth watching.
1: Kelsey.
3: Um so I agree with a lot of what Colin said. I I really liked how this was episode was kind of focused on like normal people even when the doctor was saying, "Oh, you can't save like a normal person because they're the most important people in the world." It's not even though they're not changing the world. Like that's what keeps it running and then like there's the bride and the groom that are just having like a normal wedding day and they're like oh we're not important enough to save and he's like well that's exactly why you are important enough to save and that's exactly why like I think he thought it was important to like let Rose do what she wanted a little bit with this time machine and to use it for a normal purpose and not for some epic crazy purpose to save some alien species somewhere it was just to go see her father, which is something that I think anybody would want to do if you were in that situation and you were given the opportunity. So, like, I kind of liked that it it brought a little bit... I mean, it's weird to say realism into... No, like, that's fair. It's, like, if I was a companion, that's probably something that I would be thinking of more than, like... Like, once, it, you know, the novelty wears off of, like, oh, I'm going to ancient Egypt and see Cleopatra, like, cool. But eventually, it's, like, you're going to want to get back to some normalcy and this episode kind of brought that so i enjoyed the concept i thought that the acting was really good in it the music was super hokey and ridiculous (laughs) and so were the monsters
2: except for
4: a rick roll moment (laughs)
3: yeah um and so i'm also going to give this one an eight
4: jace hello um this one did tug on the heartstrings quite a bit for me um It was just one of those things where like any Doctor Who episode I'm watching like throughout time, the Doctor is always saying that like everyone is significant, everyone matters. And the fact that this wasn't like a giant like, well, it was kind of like a world ending, but it wasn't like fighting aliens or like going to like the governor or dealing with like the president blah, blah, blah. It was just an average day kind of to piggyback on what Kelsey was saying. And it was just so raw and so human, you know, when you're doing a bunch of like really crazy stuff like... All the time, and just having a moment to be like, Okay, let me focus on me. My mom used to say this to me. I kind of just want to see my dad. And it was very human nature to be able to want to save that person. But at the same time, I'm confused as to what Rose expected would happen. But at the same time, you're not really thinking, you're just kind of acting out of impulse. But overall, I think the episode was really great. It wasn't like the previous episode where there's like things happening and everything's crazy and like your heart's pounding in anticipation it's more just like your heart kind of goes out to them because during the whole episode a lot of Rose is just in total distress she's like bloodshot like her eye she's almost always in a state of crying you can see her internal struggle you can see the doctor just kind of change and how it like he sees her, like, one second, he's just like, let's do what you want, and the next second, he seemingly hates her, but then they make up, and then he loves her again. It was just kind of stable, it was simple, but it was well-made, and it was very realistic, you know? We just had, like, a little bit of a break from, like, the craziness that Doctor Who is known for, and it kind of just, you know, resonated with a lot of us pretty decently. So I'm gonna give it an eight, because I just thought it was really simple, really easy, but also just really real, you know? Sometimes we just need to be Grounded.
0: Alright. There's a lot that's been said already that Sorry. I'm kinda gonna no 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 no. I mean that I agree with is what I was saying. Okay. Um like uh, I, I think that yeah, this one did uh really tug at the hard strings. I teared up for a moment, I've even seen it before, and it uh I thought the acting was great. I thought that there was a lot of great character development and like real you know, touching moments in here. That said, the whole thing with the Reapers, like basically the general plot of the story really didn't quite make sense. It didn't really fit with the rest of Doctor Who in general. And uh, that I can't quite get over, but it was a really enjoyable episode. So I'm going to give this one a 7.
1: Okay. Bringing this story back down to Earth, kind of reflecting what everybody else has said so far, um, I, One thing I, I noticed about this episode is that it actually deals with time travel, which is not every Doctor Who story, which is kind of a nice thing. We, we, get, we actually use time travel to see someone that we, ha- that we had never seen before, but is pertinent to us in terms of Rose. Rose wants to go back to see her father. Um, with that said, like the Doctor says, be careful what you wish for. You don't ever get to see everything that you want to see with regards to the fighting between Jackie and her father and and Pete, I should say. And, um, and then also, what takes place during that? I mean, obviously, Rose gets blamed for being the, the latest model or the latest girlfriend that he brings home or whatever, um, even though he's not really. Um, I... I do have an issue, I do take issue with the Reapers, mostly because of what's already been mentioned, um, and I don't know, this, this story has kind of a quintessential beauty to it, that when I first saw this, I was in tears, I mean, I was literally crying my eyes out during this episode, so at least that gives it a boost, but I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10, um... Mostly due to the plot holes that, that ensued due to the Reaper story part of it. But anyway, it was fun.
4: Um well, fun. I
1: don't
3: know <laughs> if I did fun. But entertaining. <laughs>
1: Very entertaining.
2: Well that concludes another exciting week of the Hoovine Review. We'll be back this time next week, so please stay tuned.
0: And you can follow us on Facebook and YouTube, and you can email us at Review at gmail.com. Still receptive to carrier pigeons. <laughs>
1: Jeez. And you want to send presents,
3: too.
1: <laughs> presents? Oh, okay.
0: All anyway, right. Have Bye, a good everyone. Night. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye.